Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Welcome back to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Mike Randall here with my partner, Gus Kearns. And Gus, I say this with so much joy and excitement in my heart. We're taping this on Wednesday night, February 28th, which means when people listen to this, Gus, it's March First, it's we're getting to the point where it's like, as we like to say, it's Christmas in March. That we're is. getting so close. Sure is. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning into the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Mike and I are honored that you uh, give us part of your week and let us share it with you. We hope that we help with a commute or a task somewhere along the line. Do we want to get into some notes and news and some items before we start breaking down some games for the people? Yeah, this is such a robust podcast because things are coming so quickly. I feel like we're in like a laser tag game and there's lasers flying by our head all over the place. Partner, here are some quick things here, rapid reaction, then we'll get into the games. We've got a lot of stuff for the listeners here. First thing, yeah, so I found this great graphic on Reddit. It was fantastic. It's actually from Eat a Penny on Reddit. So if you're on Reddit there, check out Eat a Penny. Thank you very much for this graphic. ACC wins this year. Pittsburgh has zero. Purdue has one. Indiana has one. Wofford has two. Boy, I think that pretty much sums up the year in college basketball, doesn't it? <laughs> Wofford. They'd be Georgia Tech and North Carolina. Uh, I think. I mean, sh- I mean, we have to give a, an ahoy to Fl- Fletcher McGee at this point. Is, is this appropriate or not? Yes, in the Southern Conference, we're huge Southern Conference fans. They are behind UNC Greensboro, East Tennessee State, Furman. And then their fourth, Wofford, tied with Mercer. But two ACC wins for Wofford. Look, if you have a player like McGee, like you're going to be live in that tournament. And with East Tennessee State sliding as of late, so you just don't know. And and, and look at uh, you know look at what happened with uh, uh, Mount St. Mary's this evening in the, in their conference tournament. So you never yeah, know what's going to sure. happen in yep. these things, right? Gus, UVA was picked sixth in the preseason in the ACC. If Duke loses to North Carolina and Virginia wins, then Virginia plays Louisville and Notre Dame. They have a chance to win the ACC by five games. Not just win the title, but win the title by five games. And they were picked sixth in the preseason poll. How much of an amazing accomplishment is this? It has to be near the top of the list of accomplishments for any college team anywhere, we can go. We can go to Tennessee. You know, picked so low in, in the SEC, and so on and so on. But this is kind of crazy in traditionally one of the top two or three leagues in the nation year after year. From Mark Ziegler of the San Diego Union Tribune, the Mountain West has confirmed it is talking expansion with Gonzaga. It is no secret that Gonzaga is sick of subsidizing the rest of the West Coast Conference with its, what, 18, 19 NCA trips. And BYU has said if Gonzaga returns to the Mountain consider going to the Mountain West. Gonzaga, obviously a national program, came within a whisker of winning the national title last year, certainly has a chance to go to the Final Four this year. Gus, thoughts on Gonzaga finally saying enough of hearing our schedule isn't strong enough. We'll upgrade to the Mountain West. I don't know. I think the snail trail was out there this year with playing games against Villanova, games against Creighton, games against San Diego State, where they were kind of testing out what might be the best fit. Would it be going to the Big East, which makes no sense geographically, but makes great sense basketball-wise? Or maybe would it make more sense to stay out West 
and join a slightly stronger Mountain West Conference that will give you further opportunities in conference to bolster your March resume and not tax yourself traveling to and fro to the East Coast if you're going to actually be one of those Big East teams. Yeah, I missed that. Was there talk to the Big East for their games? Well, I I think that's part of the reason why they brought in Creighton and went ahead and played Villanova. I don't think that was by, like, mistake. I think that was a little bit by design. Wow, the travel for that would be horrific. Uh, It would be... It would make no sense. It would be like logistically stupid. In case you missed it, folks, St. Bonaventure had quite a game last night against Davidson. Incredible game back and forth. And Jalen Adams, Matt Mobley, and Courtney Stockard all scored 30 points for St. Bonaventures. They are the only Division I team in the past 20 years, this is from ESPN Stats and Info, to have three 30-point scores in the same game. Let's not sleep. On Peyton Aldridge, who had 45. Nuts. And nuts, uh, is uh, Grady went for 30 as well? Is that is that true? Great, yeah. And, I, and Gus, I think Grady is super impressive. A freshman, I was that, – that was incredible. It was very Stephon Curry-like the way he was scoring. That was nuts. How, how about this? I, I, you know, I've watched a number of, of Dayton games. You know, shout out to our Dayton crew, AJ, uh, Scout, and Hank, and Hannah, and Sigrid, like – you know, loyal listeners to the podcast. Um, but how about this? I think Grady is doing what we thought Hall from Montana State and uh, McEwen with, from Utah State might do this year, except they've fallen into injury and, you know, a little bit of under uh, underwhelming play. Uh, and maybe Grady is having that type of season where you're like, whoa, this guy is a breakout shooter. And it's going to be exciting to watch him as a sophomore. Great find for Bob McKillop. And Davidson put a little tweet out there, Bob McKillop doing a shimmy. When I think it was Grady, maybe he's Aldridge, hitting a three down the sideline. Xavier tonight clinches the Big East title with a 10-point win over Providence. I did predict this, Gus, in our bold predictions at the beginning of the year that Villanova would not win the Big East and Xavier would. However... I'd like to point out here, if you want to argue that Xavier is one of the top teams in the country, I think this is your argument. Six Quadrant 1 wins, eight Quadrant 2 wins, no sub-Quadrant 1 losses, and they won the regular season conference title, right? However, I'd like to point out, partner, that their wins are the following. Cincinnati, home, Seton Hall, home and away, Creighton, home and away, Butler home in a way. Their other wins, Baylor, Marquette home in a way, Ryder, Colorado home, St. John's home, St. John's away, East Tennessee State. What I'm getting at is not much out of conference. Does that concern you going into March that they really haven't had a quality non-conference win? <sighs> Great question. Absolutely. You'd love that, like, win that you can hang your hat on when you walk in the door. Of course. You want that Villanova win. You want that win. I mean, I guess you can, you know, not qualify Arizona State as that now. But you wanted that at that time when they were ranked in the top ten nationally. But let's call it what it is. And we just had this discussion with with Gonzaga not even two minutes ago. When you're in a conference – that has a bunch of opportunities, what do you want to do? You want to take advantage of every opportunity you can. Let's champion them for 
at least garnering a share of their first Big East title of all time. Let's champion them for, uh, you know, living up to expectations and not, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, stumbling and, and maybe spitting the bit a little bit. And let's champion them for winning games. I mean, everybody's like, oh, they don't have, they, you know, they, 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 you know, play down to their competition. Let, how about this? They, they beat pretty much everybody they played. And they can play any style. So do they have the number of like tier one wins and tier two wins or quadrant one or quad two wins? Yeah, they do. Do they have that like awesome win where you're like, oh man, this is the win that really puts them on the map and makes them a number one seed? Maybe not, but they've beaten pretty much everybody else. And certainly been consistent in a year of total inconsistency. Fascinating stat around here from Richie Casalino on Twitter. Partner Cassius Winston is shooting 57% from three-point range this year for Michigan State. Now that's tremendous. But in the last 10 minutes and overtime of games, he is shooting 78% from three-point range, 32 out of 41. That's a definition of clutch, isn't it? I, I know we just use this phrase, but like, what does that stat even mean? Like, how? Like, what? What are you going to double off of bridges? The number, number one, the, the total number overall. If you're over fifty percent from three, that is borderline staggering. But if you're going to shoot that well during that time frame of the game, when multiple things are on the line, whether it be a Big Ten title whether it be a uh, number one, number two, or number three seed in March Madness, whether it be, you know, this week in the Big Ten tournament uh, that takes place in MSG for the first time ever. Like, if you're going to play well in those types of games, then that brings us back to the Xavier conversation of, congratulations, you win close games because your team does great things in big moments. Get that guy the ball, and I hope he has a moment like this that we can celebrate in March where maybe he has a, a, a shot with uh, 30 seconds to go that – gives his team a three-point cushion. That'd be totally sick. Can't wait to see that. And last one here for news and notes. In the Bill Self era, Kansas has never suffered two regular season losses to the same Big 12 opponent. That spans the 15 years. However, they go to Oklahoma State on Saturday, and partner, they have nothing to play for. They have wrapped up the Big 12 regular season. They have the one seed in the Big 12 tournament. Oak State has everything to play for. I think they're 17 and 11, 8 and 10 in the Big 12. So certainly right now not making the NCAA tournament. However, if they beat Kansas and then win two in the Big 12 tournament, it is not out of the realm of possibility. Mm-mm. You think Kansas is motivated to keep that going or not motivated? Well, I think this is what we take a peek at, right? We take a peek at the URI St. Joe's game, right? We take a look at the, we thought like, uh, you know, we thought UNC would have senior day rack, you know, wrapped up against Miami. Um, we can take a look at down the line at a couple of other instances where things were like head scratchers as far as results. So I think this falls into that category. Is Kansas just going to kind of show up and hope not to get hurt and then just get out of there with, you know, health? Or are they going to try to tie a bow on this thing and be like, yeah, we're, we want a number one seed. Here's one more win to add to our resume for number one seed. So I think it all defend I think it all depends on like the mindset they're going into this game with, which we're not privy to. Um, so you want to hear that, you know, the lead up in the locker room going into that game. Let's roll down and give the listeners a little uh, rundown of the games here. Let's just start with Virginia Tech pulling the upset 
it was like it was Thursday night at Blacksburg back in the day when they were playing football, and it was like a nightmare to beat Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech on a Thursday night. But guess what? They beat Duke, number five Duke, 64-63. Huge win for Buzz Williams and the Hokies at home on senior night. You know, we've said a number of times on this podcast, it's really tough to navigate and figure out what's going to happen on a senior night. Are the, is the team going to be just so emotionally invested and have their energies else, else place, uh, other places? Or are they going to be so focused and, and, and really put out a major league top shelf effort? I think the Hokies fell into the ladder here. Duke really dominated the game uh, in every way. They, they out-rebounded. Uh, they got more shot attempts. They made more threes. Grayson Allen actually played well with Bagley for once. Um, Allen was averaging, I don't know, about like seven-ish points. Uh, with uh, Bagley in the past couple of games before he got hurt. But Virginia Tech, with the huge win that should lock up a tournament bid for Buzz Williams in his fourth season in Blacksburg. And, of course, let's not, let's make sure that we get the summary of this cuss-free. Because we, no, it was great. We, yeah, was great. We, we don't want, you know, we don't want to fall, we don't want to fall prey to uh, Buzz calling us out and grabbing the mic and saying, stop cussing. Which was fantastic. That was, I mean, what else do you want from your coach? What else do you want from your leader of your program? Yeah, great win for Virginia Tech. The senior night thing is one of the, the areas that we disagree on. In fact, we got called out on Twitter by at Tuberville Blows. Okay, that's the name of the that's Twitter a, handle. That's a, that's a great handle. Fantastic handle. Uh, ba- Bearcats fanatic. Uh, Gus feels that senior night's very unpredictable. There's a whole range of emotions. And, and I do think that a lot of people feel that way. I know Dr. Tony agrees with Gus on this one. I disagree. I don't think there's any emotion. No one's dead. Um, right. I think that everyone is fired up. I think it always brings a big crowd. So I think your home team is almost guaranteed in your major programs or, or relatively major programs right. to have a big crowd on senior night. And the seniors have every motivation to play well. Now, there are games like we'll get to, like the Rhode Island game and all. That, to me, was Rhode Island is 5 million games ahead of everybody else and just made a, a bizarre one at home, uh, a bizarre game. Sure. Uh, this yeah, is the, yeah, it, I, I agree. Like, I, I think if, if if they still had three games left, I think that, that result still happens. I don't think that, like, the seniors were crying and then, like, melted against against them. But I understand there's differing points. This is the quintessential senior night to me. This is the quintessential one. Virginia Tech, the fans were nuts. They were even more nuts than normal. The Hokies played really well, and this is classic freaking Duke. This is Duke, folks. You had the thing that Dockish said. You see that, Gus, about like, I have no wonder why they didn't play well. Bagley's all about himself or something like that. Uh-huh. This is it. This is your Duke team. This is it. And you want to say that they they held Virginia Tech to 64 points? Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I will give in that you were right, that they are certainly playing defense better. I think Shashevsky has abandoned the man-to-man. I think he's basically given it up except for oh, certain spurts. Without question. And they're, and they're going with his own. So I don't think Shashevsky can change defensive strategies because they're so bad midstream to any success. Fine. Listen, you heard me the other night. We'll talk about the, um, the bracketology. Yeah. I had them losing to Florida. Now, maybe that's nuts. Okay, <laughs> But, like, I, I, here we go again. Uh, Grayson Allen, 22, he played well, 4-15 from three-point range. Okay, so volume, I guess. I mean, that, that's, that's 
about 25%. Right. Bag- Bagley had 12 against Virginia Tech. Wendell Carter, non-existent. Duval is now on the bench because, as Rob Doster said, we tweeted out the other day, he's the one who had questions about Doster now. Grayson Allen's at the point. Gary Trent's 1-7. Very sketchy for me. But that Virginia Tech game, you see how they won it, man? That was sure, That was sheer hustle. That was sheer hustle, and they wanted the rebound, and they were running all over the place, and Clark got to the other side and put it in. Just a great win for Virginia Tech. Well, I think that final play speaks a bit to what um, Dockich was, you know, proposing for this particular maybe. team. Yeah, I think maybe. that illustrated it kind of perfectly. You don't know if that's the actual portrait of this particular Duke team, but I think. Him, you know, voicing that and then that having be the finishing touch on this game kind of makes sense. We'll see what they can figure out moving forward for the ACC tournament. Let's champion Virginia Tech here. They needed this win in the biggest way to stay off the bubble. They needed it. They got it. Now they have two giant wins. This win against Duke and the win against UVA. It's possible that no other team that's going to be in the field in March has two wins that can stack up against their two wins. So I think those two wins are going to put them in along with the rest of their resume. Another game that we need to pay attention to was number six, Kansas, beating Texas 80-70. to Talking about another senior night. Senior night in Kansas for uh, Graham and and Mihailuk. Uh, They clinched the outright Big 12 title now with a two-game lead and just one to play. This is their 14th straight title that is insane how does self do it i'm not even sure everybody and their sister brother and cousin said that this was the year that they were going to be vulnerable absolutely not texas did come in a little bit short shorthanded bomba did not play because of the injured toe eric davis was held out due to the investigation uh and and sports reports uh detailed the uh, connection of the college basketball scandal under investigation with the FBI with Eric Davis. I think they're just playing it safe. Where do we sit with Kansas? Are they like a solid number one seed in this chaotic basketball season and cha- chaotic like last 10 days of basketball? Somehow Kansas has found their way to another conference title and is in line for another number one seed. Wow. Yeah, Kansas, great job. Well done across the board. They are as vulnerable as every other team in the country. No, nope. you know they have they have they have warts, and you're going to see a game, and you're going to see at some point Graham and Mihailik not shoot well in this game. Very economical, five of nine. They were up pretty much the whole game. Second half, they kind of got a little lazy there. So Texas covered the spread. Okay, we'll get to that a little bit later. I was going to bring that up. I'm sorry. It irked me a little bit by one point there, Billy. But that's fine. Okay, we've come to an agreement. I did win one. So I think they have warts. Uh, as a bookie, I saw Jesse Newell retweeted that. He's made like 30 – he had coming into this game something like 32 or 36 free throws or something like that. So he had done a nice job. They are what they are. You know, they have warts. It's a great win. I could absolutely see them going out in the first or second round. And if they get the right draw and they get good production from Malik Newman, they could make a Final Four. It's going to come down to the draw with them. They are not dominant. And Gus, we have seen them dominant before against Stanford second round, against Wichita State, against Ali Farouk Manesh. We've seen it before. No doubt. They're going to they're gonna play a shorthanded Oregon team in Kansas City. Smell you later. So... We've seen this before. They certainly look the weakest they've ever been. So does that mean this is the year that they make it? 
Or does that mean another early round upset? I don't know. But either way, 14 in a row is super impressive. Yeah, I, I think at this point, much like we championed Virginia Tech uh, you know, in the last little segment, I think we have to champion uh, Kansas and, and all of their, their, their program, their coaching staff, their fan base. What else could you possibly want, especially during a year and a season where everybody doubted them and found warts and holes and, 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 and found like the team that's going to beat them. Virginia tech's going to, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, a Texas tech is going to do it. Uh, a West Virginia is going to do it this year. No, no, no. Trey young and Oklahoma is going to do it this year. And, and they knocked all of them off the pedestal. Really, really impressive. And I'm totally with you. They are the most matchup dependent one or two seed rolling into March because that's where they're going to end up with a one or a two seed. I totally agree with you on that. I, I feel like, and honestly, man, I feel like they're the same as Xavier. I mean, here's the thing. If Florida Gulf Coast, which should not be a 16 seed, I talked about this in bracketology. Yeah, if they end up yeah, winning the good, Atlantic Sun. Uh, good point. Not, good point. Uh, like if they played Kansas. Right. Yeah, if they played Kansas, I would think that I'd be very nervous if it was Kansas. If they played Xavier, I'd be very nervous. Uh, I, you know, so I think they're in the mix there. I, I, I would say Villanova is a little more secure, maybe Virginia. But outside of that, I think there's a whole hodgepodge and they're right in the middle. I don't think you're, you know, telling, you know, tales out of school if you're going to compare Kansas and Xavier and kind of throw them into the same boat as like a one or a two seed and, and saying like uh, they're questionable. Here's why I'm questionable on them. I get that part. I think that makes sense. How about another team that we've been like two teams we've been hot and cold with uh, for multiple reasons. Number twenty, West Virginia beats Texas Tech, eighty-four seventy-four. Don't look now. Seems like West Virginia might be getting this thing straightened out. That's three straight wins. Jumped out early, and again on Texas Tech senior night, they never look back. So again, like you never know which way this thing is going to go. Uh, senior backcourt, Daxter Miles Jr., Javon Carter, almost combined for about 40 points. Uh, when the Mountaineers make their three-point shots, the cycle can continue, and they're very dangerous. They were 10 of 23 here, so that cycle of, of let's make our shot, set up the press, get an easy turnover, then get a nice possession there, that, that works when they're hitting their threes. The Red Raiders were playing so well just a short time ago ranked in the side the top 10 and now have lost four games in a row and we're just going to say such is life in the big 12 keenan evans doesn't look right it's trending the wrong direction with a saturday game at T- uh, versus tcu left mike two two cents on this west virginia texas tech uh game and what's your forecast for both teams like moving forward do you feel like we're changing our temperature and, and, and in a different place now with both of these teams. West Virginia, I've cemented my opinion. Nothing they can do will change my opinion. I don't care if they win the Big 12 tournament. It's relevant to me. I've seen them. They're up and down. They could easily have a horrific shooting performance in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So they could go out early, and I wouldn't necessarily be a lot more down on them. They could blast the Big 12 tournament. Wouldn't phase me in the slightest because we've seen this team rank third. We've seen them before disappoint. Uh, Stephen F. Austin, I put that in the Rocky opening. Yeah. There. You know, how you don't say. All right. So my mind is cemented with them. I love them early on. I predicted them to win the Big 12. Love the senior guards, Huggy, but they're two up and down. I'm basically going in there saying, please shoot the three well, please shoot the three well, please shoot the three well, and please turn people over. Please turn people over. That's what you're saying with them. As far as Texas Tech, yeah, it's concerning. I mean, it's concerning, but I don't think that Keenan Evans is right. 
I think he yeah. needs some rest. I think an early exit for Texas Tech in the Big 12 wouldn't be terrible because Beard is a very strong coach. Yeah. And then this would be a team, Gus, that would come in the NCAA tournament under the radar that not a lot of people would pick. Right. Great. But we know how strong they are defensively. Mm-hmm. We know Keenan Evans can score 30 at like three games in a row there. I remember with Mrs. Randall watching the South Carolina game where he dropped 30. <laughs> so, good. you know, I, I, I like what Texas Tech is doing. Without Keenan Evans, they're a Jenga puzzle. He's not right. He needs to get right. If I start seeing the old Keenan Evans coming or they have a huge break and I like their draw, yeah, you could, I could see them in Sweet 16 in the right situation. Absolutely. This, again, I would say this game doesn't change my mind on either team. How about that? Two things. Number one, let's get the Nevada uh, doctors in that took care of Martin's foot to take no, care of no, uh, Keenan Evans' foot. He's out for three, three months. All of a sudden, he's back, baby. Well, by the way, uh, I've got UNLV in three tonight, by the way. We'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. And then uh, I think one of the, you know, one of the uh, bellwether thing, uh, one, one of the bellwether measurements and things that you can pay attention to were for West Virginia. And I mentioned this, I forget when we talked about this. This might have been a couple pa- podcasts ago, but if Bolden plays well off the bench and gives them some good minutes and some good numbers, they're going to be pretty successful. If he comes in as in a non-factor and, you know, puts up like, you know, a three-point game or, or a zero game, then they're going to have issues. They need to come him. They need for him to come in and be explosive and impactful off the bench. And he was here with double digits so that this game result totally makes sense to me. And where am I at with both teams? Uh, I'm at wait and see with both of them. I want to see matchups with West Virginia, and I want to check on uh, Evans' health moving forward. So that I'm going to wait and see with both of these teams. I'm going to stop you for a second. Did you say you you have a wager on on a on a Mountain West game this evening? I, I do, I do. I, I'm Nevada shorthanded. I, I haven't been able to crack that one, but I think it cracks tonight at a UNLV team that really needs this win badly. Good, and good luck with that. So so what are we doing here? What's the strategy? Well, the strategy is. Partner, you know, since we started this podcast, people have been asking us on Twitter and emailing the show about advice, you know, asking us who we like. You, you do all the uh, hashtag SDS lines. Who do you like? What's the spread? Well, folks, we'll tell you this. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why we're going to tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in the business for years. Their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And Gus, they have the fastest payouts in the business with a 48-hour processing. When you win, you get paid. Gus knows who's going to win. I sometimes know who's going to win. And maybe you think you do too. Lay down some cash and win big today. We wouldn't recommend this service to anybody if we didn't think it's it's a great service. It's been great to us. It'll be great to you. We want you to go to my bookie, and you must use the promo code SDS. If you type in SDS as the promo code, you will activate the 100% bonus promo, which means you deposit $100, you get an additional $100. You deposit $200, you get an additional $200. Visit MyBookie today, type in the promo code SDS, get the 100% bonus, get ready for March Madness, tweet us, tell Gus and I we don't know what we're talking about, MyBookie, SDS promo code, you play, you win, you get paid, and hopefully UNLV will help me tonight. Listen, if you're Wow. Again, Mike and I have been trying to like, you know, put this podcast together. We're so happy to have uh, a MyBookie like hook in with us and and partner with us. It's a, it's a really cool partnership. And look, everything that we talk about here does have like a, a line value and like a gambling aspect to it. 
We're not silly. We're not a naive. We know you want to talk about the games, but we do try to give you a little information on that end as well. So we're going to continue doing that. And if you, you know, if, if this is your cup of tea, I think you now have a place to uh, place your bets. And as I always like to say, if betting was legal, and I think you found a place where that if exists. Very nice. Absolutely. And uh, I'd like to thank all the Kentucky fans who probably think I'm nuts, but Kentucky minus 11 tonight. Cha-ching. Thank you very much. Well played, young man. Well played. <laughs> all right. Moving on, Gus. Okay. Sorry. Right. I apologize. No problem. That is a great interlude. Fantastic. Uh, okay. Listen, I'm just going to say thank you. I want to say thank you to St. Bonnie's and Davidson. I want to say thank you to Miami and UNC. Our sport got muddled down, got distracted, got off course. But thankfully, our sport never disappoints. Just when you think you've heard enough of, of, of spreadsheets, of FBI, of, 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 of payments for play, uh, of dinners, uh, of, of things that could, be, could make people ineligible. Hashtag 10 will get you 20. Guess what happens? St. <laughs> Bonnie's Davidson happens, and Miami UNC happens. Another senior night at UNC for for Joel Berry, Theo Pinson. Miami, uh, you know, comes in ranked 121st in three point percentage. Actually, shot the ball 50 percent from the three on the road, which is kind of shocking. Chris Likes went a little bananas. He went four for eight from deep. Love that little point guard. Plays his heart out every single game, not intimidated by the moment at all. Miami had six guys in doubles and still playing without sophomore, do everything Bruce Brown, who had foot surgery and has announced he will miss the ACC tournament. So the ACC tournament is going to be without one of the best players in the conference, and his status is still unknown for the uh, NCAA tournament moving forward. Joel Berry was hit, of course. He, he is, he was what he is every big game. He was magnificent. 31 points, huge three with under five to play to tie it up. And North Carolina made 13 of 27 for three-point range. So they launched it and shot it really accurate as well. You know what? This game, you wanted overtime from this game. But the ending sequence was just exactly what you wanted from our sport. Berry hits the three to tie the game. And Jaquan Newton hits that runner three-pointer. It looked like the three-pointer that you wanted Hayward to make in that championship game, right? Almost same spot, uh, off the one foot, about 35 feet, just as time expired. Miami gets the win. What a game. This was nuts. And this was an in- this was a game, and this is the game if you're worried about your team getting upset in the NCAA tournament, this is the style you're worried about. Carolina comes out hot. They're winning 4-0 with all the guys and seniors on the bench playing. Here come the starters. This game should have been dead and buried. I think they got up 6 or 7, whatever it was. And then Chris Likes, who's been completely hot for Miami, Starts hitting some threes, 18 points, four of eight from three-point range. And at the point in the first half where I knew this was in trouble and the UNC minus 10 bet was in trouble, was Izundu, I believe, scored 12 consecutive points. And North Carolina has trouble with athletic bigs inside because, as Gus has talked about, they go with the small lineup, right? And Luke May is not as effective when he has to go against athletic bigs. 14 points, 10 rebounds. That's a good but not a great line because you're dealing with 
a team that's going to have sporadic scoring. Williams only had eight for them. Cam Johnson had 20. That's nice. And then Barry went bananas and had 31. But Barry's not always going to have 31. So you really need May to be in the 20s there. But he gets limited. And Izundu dominated inside. And Miami was able to right the ship. And it didn't get to 20. It got back to Miami up. Then they start making threes. Because that's what happened when an underdog team's on the road. Then Larinaga wakes up from the grave. And he's a great coach like we know he is. And he's woken up. And Lonnie Walker takes some shots because freshmen don't have consciences. This is the type of game you do not want your favorite team to have in the NCAA tournament and that's what happened they made a great comeback the sequence as you said Gus was great at the end Barry followed um, Barry followed by Newton in the end nice win for Miami and concerning loss for North Carolina this number one uh, nice to see Miami trying to figure out how to play without Brown because Brown was responsible for so many things for them on the offensive and defensive end so you like that they're trying to figure that part out uh, including likes changing their uh, changing their lineup and changing their rotation so good on Miami, good on Coach Laranega. This is the limiter with UNC. As much as I love this lineup, as much as I love the, the versatility and the switchability on defense and just like the unpredictableness on offense and the things that they can run on the offensive set end, this is the part that you worry about. If a team does get rolling, can they lock down defensively for multiple possessions in a row? They weren't necessarily able to do that in crunch time here. So I think if you're going to pay attention to one thing and maybe look at your bracket with UNC going far, are they going to play a spurt ability team where Miami was this particular night and they're going to have trouble following up on the defensive end, even with their uber efficient offensive lineup out there? So I think that's what you're looking at with both of these teams. Good on Miami, getting it right, playing without one of their star players. Pay attention to UNC moving forward with their defensive uh, principles and see if they get caught out again. Sometimes it takes a great shot to beat a great team. And kudos to Newton making a great shot against a great team to win an unbelievable game, a game that our sport badly needed after the weekend that it had. We'll get to Arkansas and Auburn next. I really liked Arkansas in this particular game. Auburn is trying to figure out how to play a man down with their rotations. Arkansas wins the game 91-82. Arkansas bounces back from a rare home loss against Kentucky, and they comfortably handle Auburn here. Razorbacks were led by their freshman. Big man had 21 points, 10 rebounds, 7 blocks. Super impressive. He's going to be climbing NBA draft boards as you're listening to this. Yeah, Gafford was great. Gafford was great. Uh, yeah, he... I think he's going to be a name that you're going to hear more and more. And, you know, he's going to be associated with like wingspan and length and all of those things. Right. Um, so if Gafford can do not, he doesn't even need to do this every night. If he just compliments their awesome backcourt, Arkansas is going to be dangerous moving forward. Uh, Arkansas dropped 52 on Auburn in the first half. They led by 10 and then they never looked back. Auburn continued their woeful shooting from three. Um, very Florida like here when Florida hit their, uh, you know, hit their rut early on in the season, right after the PK 80, where they didn't shoot the three very well. Um, that just won't cut it for an undermanned team. If you're playing a man down, you got to play more efficiently on the offensive end. Uh, Heron and Harper combined for uh, 48 points, but they did it on 12 for 32 shooting, so not really efficient there. Auburn's lost three of four. Arkansas is at 21 and seven, 10 and seven in conference, and tied for third. I think they're solidly in the tournament. Let's do the same thing that we did. For West Virginia and Texas Tech. 
What's your temperature on both of these teams coming out of this game? Did anything change for you? No, both teams exactly the same the way same way it is. Arkansas, talented team, doing a nice job, playing great in the SEC, toughest conference top to bottom in my opinion. They're going to be a nice matchup. They gave UNC all they can handle last year in the second round, and I think they'd be a pain to any team. Auburn is going out early. That's it. That's it, folks. I, you know, you have to start seeing the narratives. And I talked about this in my Bracketology podcast. You can't force the narrative. Right. I've been there. I've had teams that I've loved, and I've wanted to hammer them through and try to force them through. you got to be objective. You can't have a team that lost three of four, that can't shoot on the road, that lost a lot of players because of injury slash FBI investigations. You can't just sit there and say, oh, no big deal. No big deal. No, it is a big deal. It's because you can't just all of a sudden say, oh, well, if we lose this play, it doesn't matter. Oh, well, if we lost three or four, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it, it matters. It you want to be playing well at the end of the year. You don't want to be. There are examples, Gus. We've been following this tournament more than anybody for the last 25 years. Okay. There are examples of teams that have been playing poorly and they turn it around. But those are teams that tend to get into the playing game and get hot, right? Or last year, Xavier, I understand. Right. You know, they were eight and eight, eight and eight or nine or whatever they were last year. I get that. But you're discounting all the teams that play well and continue in the tournament because that doesn't surprise you. If they're playing well, you assume they're going to play well. So you focus on the one time you bet on green on the roulette wheel five years ago and you hit it. But like it's not going to happen often. So I'm sorry, Auburn fans. You have injuries. You're shorthanded. You don't shoot well on the road from three. Look at your last three road games. And you don't have a lot of size inside. That's not a recipe for automatic to the Sweet 16. doesn't work that way, guys. So if you want to put Auburn through because you like them, or you want to put Auburn through because you think Heron is great, or you want to put Auburn through because Harper's getting hot, great, no problem. But don't build me the logic how Auburn is gagging it away. And oh, by the way, Tennessee is looking to possibly win the SEC if Auburn loses and Tennessee wins this weekend. And tell me, stay calm all is well. It's like you're an animal house with that guy. Stay calm all is well. Auburn's fine. Auburn's fine. No, they're not, guys. The, the betting on green comparison is fantastic because uh, it doesn't matter. Team, my team lost five in a row. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Well, my team has no point guard. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we, we have guys out for SBI investigation and we lost three of our last four. Oh, okay. 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 It's fine. <laughs> Nothing matters, guys. Okay. Fine. It's absolutely fantastic. It, it's a great comparison. I think people do get stuck in that, uh, whether they, uh, are like stead, uh, you know, if they're steadfast on their, you know, preseason pick or they're, you know, like invested in a certain team, whether it be by fandom or by where they went, so on and so on. But I, I totally agree with you there. Um, yeah. And Gus, Gus, I want the listeners, call me out. Right. If you see me with take lock, call me out. I don't have take lock on Cincinnati. I, I, they, I don't, they haven't been impressed with me. I'm sorry. I, Mick Cronin, Valentine, I've been praising him for two years since we started this podcast. I don't have take lock on Cincinnati. Great point. I had him knock, I had knocked out. Like, and I'm not saying everybody has to be that way. Right. But I'm saying, call me out. You want to say take lock for Wichita State? All right. Let's see what happens in the AAC tournament. Then talk to me. Okay, Bob? I, I, I think I think this weekend you might be justified. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Um, you, now, look, you mentioned Tennessee, and number 16 Tennessee did go on the road and beat Mississippi State. Um, 16 uh, number 16 ranked Tennessee, 76 uh, Mississippi State, 54. So this was the quintessential taking care of business game for Tennessee. You want to win a conference title? You got to win a game like this on the road every once in a while. Nice win for Tennessee. Damaging loss for Mississippi State, team squarely on the bubble. 
Bulldogs are 21 and nine, only nine and eight in SEC play. A huge game from the Admiral. Admiral Schofield, 24 points, seven boards. Uh, Lamont Turner, so flammable off the bench. He had two threes, had 12 points, one for double digits. Mississippi State has to go to uh, LSU at the end of the regular season where they haven't played before. And what side of the bubble do you think Mississippi State is on? Now, Mike, you can go through the Mississippi State wins and losses versus the RPI and the whole entire thing. But just off the top of your head, do you think you're going to see Mississippi State get an invite as like a 9, 10, 11 seed? And Tennessee, unbelievable job. Picked by everybody to finish at least double digits deep in their own conference. And they're going to come out of this thing with a conference regular season championship or at least a share of it uh, if things go according to plan. Great job by Coach Barnes and the Vols. Yeah, great job by the Vols. They've really exceeded. Rick Barnes should get National Coach of the Year merit uh, mention. You know, I mean, this is I think is tenth, like you said, in the in the uh, in the SEC. Mississippi State's right there. Thank you, Philip Coin. I like what Ben Howland's doing. They've overachieved certainly, but they're not ending the year strong. I need to see some wins here. If they don't get any, I don't think they're going to get in. If you made me guess right now, I'd say no. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. You love you love both Weatherspoons. They're both uber athletic, um, but at the same point. Where you know, kind of like we talked about with uh, Xavier early on, like where's like the hang your hat win? Not entirely sure it's there for them. Uh, so you want to see if the merit and uh, I don't know, I guess like quality of wins inside the conference uh, hold weight come March. But you also want to see them get a couple of wins in the in the conference tournament as well to help their case. Totally with you on that, um, Mike. How about do you want to do a quick rundown of a uh, you know, your latest uh, bracketology breakdown. Does that sound okay? Yeah, really quick. Just want to give cheers out to Vermont. We love Vermont. 25-6, and 15-1 in the Americas. They finished up. Seniors at Vermont, Gus, 97 career victories. So it's, tremendous it's job. Anthony Lamb back. He had a three. Very dangerous, as I mentioned in my bracketology. I just want to throw a couple quick things at you and get your opinion on some of this stuff. Sure. I, I was really torn on some of these decisions. And, you know, of course, this is fluid. I could have changed my mind from 24 hours ago. But a couple of things I wanted to run by. Just you know, give me your thoughts. Top of your head, of course. Not holding you to this. According to, not till Selection Sunday, at least. So we know the playing games get hot, right? Not the 16 seeds, but the other playing games. Of course. So out of out of Louisville, USC, okay, the winner playing into Nevada, or Texas, UCLA, the winner playing into Kentucky, assuming that the trend continues, which is every year mm-hmm. since the first four has started, I think it's seven years now. Right. One of those two winners has also won the subsequent game. And I think this is fascinating because you like Kentucky and Nevada. So if you had to pick one of those to lose, you may not pick either one of those, but if you had to pick one, would you take the Louisville USC winner over Nevada or the Texas UCLA winner over Kentucky? That's a great question. And I'm just going to go with history here. I'm going to go with USC because they've done it before. Oh yeah, that's a good argument. Uh, that's, they, they, that's what I said. That's what I said. Yeah, okay. they, they've they've had multiple. If you go back and look in history, they've had multiple opportunities in this playing game and have done well with it. Uh, so I think they have athletes. Uh, like I mentioned before on the podcast, uh, if they're going to play Thornton and McLaughlin together in the backcourt, that's interesting as far as ball security goes for them. And you know, we we've talked about unfortunately with in Nevada that injury bug has definitely bitten them hard 
uh, and they have some of their studs kind of manning up and, you know, just kind of biting their lip to get through some of these injuries. So what's going to happen when push comes to shove in a big game when, I don't know, maybe, maybe they have their conference tournament win, they have their regular season win, they get to the tournament, they have a single-digit seed, does some, I don't know, are they, are, they, are, they, are they okay with that? Is that good enough for them? I have a feeling that they'll be pretty competitive, but I also think we have to be realistic about it and not like you, 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 know, like you talked about earlier with the take lock. I think you have to look at it objectively and say, like, look, they're compromised. They're not playing at full strength. And you need to acknowledge that and then maybe take a look at what uh, USC and their talent has on the court. Excellent. Uh, next one I was unsure about. I guess you're going to – if it – Wichita State Gonzaga, you take Gonzaga. Right? I, I would. I, I would differ with you on that. But I think that's you at the ice cream parlor saying, you know, what's your go-to flavor? Your go-to yeah, flavor right yeah. now is which time my go-to flavor is 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 is, is Gonzaga. So okay. it makes it makes sense. Was that crazy Florida over Duke? Absolutely, Creighton, absolutely I, not. Put it about this way. Put it this way. Am I crazy Creighton Florida winner over Duke? You may like Creighton better than Florida, but is it crazy that the winner of that game beats Duke? Are you kidding me? Not with the result that we just saw with Virginia Tech. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely right. not. I think that makes total okay. sense. Uh, New Mexico State over Arizona. You with I me? I mean, come on. <laughs> Okay. All right. You know what? You know what I thought when I when I heard that I was like, <laughs> I was like, listen, to, listen to Mike Randall, listen to the mid major yeah. podcast. Nice. Oh, 100 percent. The best mid major podcast that's out there. No, I wait for it every Saturday. Can't wait. Things you can get on Saturday. Gus's mid major podcast and me doing laundry for two hours and getting nothing done. <laughs> Maybe I get a pair of drawers done. All right. South Dakota State versus West Virginia. I mean, am I putting too much faith in, in Reed telling and telling how he's in here to, to beat the press? But, I mean, is it nuts to say that, that West Virginia is a bad shooting day and, and Mike Dom goes off and they go through? No? Why, right? why, why are we not just revisiting uh-huh. Stephen F. Austin? Like, what? Okay, Does right. that make sense? All right. And Vermont beating Clemson, I think you'd put that right through with me, right? Oh, are you kidding me? Especially yeah. if they have Lamb back and he's going to be, like, kind of impactful. I know he didn't, you know, I know he didn't have, like, the number impact, but he, he was on the court. He did make shots. Both him and Bonzi Colson are back on the court this week. That's awesome yep. for our sport and awesome for college basketball. Watch out for the Catamounts. Yeah, totally great. Would you have taken Vermont over South Dakota State second round? I would, yeah. You would have? Okay, good. Uh-huh. Yeah. And let's not forget Ver- South Dakota State either. Um, it's not just it's not just Dom. It's not just telling you. It's, it's, uh, the Jenkins is really good too. Yeah, yeah. French, I, French I, I agree. Really well. Right now, Xavier plays Vermont. Who do you pick? Xavier. Oh, you would. Okay. I want to see how far you go with Vermont. All right. And the last one, again, call me out here. I call people out. People call me out. That's fine. If you, if people think I'm Michigan biased, then Gus, you be, you be the judge here for me. No, no. Look, look, before you get into this, um, look at the bracket. Right, right. Look, <laughs> you and I are, are, you know, we're, we're very passionate about each year there's going to be a blow up bracket. Your right. job is to identify the blow up bracket. And then your second job, once you identify it, is who's going to be like the igniter. Yes. So yeah. it's fine. I, I think I think Michigan is a, is a perfect igniter for the blow up bracket. I, I'm good with that. I'm very very. So tell, good with that. Then tell me where you disagree. Michigan St. Bonaventure. Listen, it, 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 I, I don't know which way to go there. Uh, if I had more time to think about it, I might go another way. But I think it's totally logical that you pick the Wolverines. I'm, I'm good with that. And not crazy Michigan beating Cincinnati. 
No, not at all. That, okay. that no, especially with then, the pace of play there. Uh, then especially to, with Michigan being more efficient on the offensive end, that makes perfect sense. Then, partner to me, I'm okay because the bottom part of that foursome pod of St. Mary's, Kansas State, Auburn, and U- UC Santa Barbara is the weakest one I saw on Jerry Palm's bracket nope, because yes. there's no nope. dominant team. You tell me Michigan plays Auburn, I think Michigan's favorite. I'm going to tell you right now, I think Michigan's favorite in the game. And if they play St. Mary's, don't even get me started. And, and Kansas State, I understand Big 12. I, I think it's reasonable. I didn't, I, I didn't put them over Purdue. I didn't go nuts. Okay. Right, right. I put Purdue in the championship game. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I, you know, so I don't think I don't like Purdue, but I, I, all right. So that's what I wanted to check in with. It was fascinating. I'm going to do it again. A couple of things I know will change partner and then we'll wrap up here. Yeah. My, my Alabama love is gone. We're done with that. Okay. Okay. That may, right. may or may not have to do with a Alabama minus three and a half wager. Uh, we're, we're done with, we're done with Alabama. I still like the playing game. And of course, my Rhode Island love in the Elite Eight, you know, 30 points at home is 30 points at home, man. I still like them a lot, but that shakes me a little. It's not a last second loss. That was oh. a blowout loss and they never got it going. I know the, the birds flapping in Martelli. Okay, but let's take it easy, guys. They lost by 30 at home. Jeez. Listen, I, I think everybody's going to have one of those games, especially when you effort like they've efforted to get to this point. So if, if they're going to drop a game when everything's already been decided, I'm okay with that. I think erase the margin there and just take it as a loss. That's the way I'm going to oh, look yeah. at it. Oh, yeah, but that well. margin's bad, man. I, well, look, I'm with you. It's terrible. It's absolutely it's, – it's borderline disgusting. But I'm just going to put it as a loss, and then if something else pops up in the A-10 tournament, then maybe I'll go back and take a second look at it. How's that? Fair enough. All right, Mike, there's a number of conference tournaments happening this week, thankfully. Uh, I'll talk about a couple of them on the mid-major this weekend, don't worry. Uh, but I think we need, definitely need to talk about the Big Ten tournament happening in Madison Square Garden. Usually, I mean, traditionally, like I feel like you, uh, you know, yourself, Dr. Tony and I talked about this multiple times when we went to go watch the Knicks and the Bucks, where we were just so used to the Big Ten game leading up to Selection Sunday. And now not only is that not going to be the case, they're going to be one of the first big tournaments done with their conference tournament. And like, I don't know, like, I don't know what the leading game is going to be to Selection Sunday. I'm a little worried. It's interesting. I'm working on an article right now for, uh, for, the, for Randall Rant, the short corner. And I'm breaking down the last 10 years of teams that have suffered first round upsets. Yeah. And I'm finding a pattern. And the pattern that I'm finding is if you have a strong Ken Palm adjusted deficient uh, de- adjusted defensive efficiency rating. Right. You are much less likely to be upset early. So I don't think the layoffs going to matter. What matters is you guys have to you have to be able to play defense because listen when that starts on that Thursday, which is like the Christmas for us, okay. Team starts slow. It's not like a lot of high scoring games, right? So that, you know, you're going to have to get your feet wet. You're going to be shooting in a new arena. So I don't think the layoff hurts the Big Ten. I think what will hurt them is teams that don't play defense. So like, I don't think Purdue will be hurt about the layoff. I, I, I think, I, Purdue, I think Purdue will be fine. I, I don't think Michigan State will be hurt with the layoff. I think they'll be fine. I think you got to be able to lock down on defense. So it's going to be weird. I agree with you, but I don't think the layoffs is as big a deal as people are talking about. Okay. So let's just run through the bracket a tiny bit and then, you know, two cents on what you think might happen. And then we don't even need to predict a winner, but just like, you know, a feel of what you think might come out of that game. Uh, Mike, did you take anything from uh, Iowa beating Illinois early on tonight? Yeah, I liked Iowa coming in. They were uh, they were only favored by – well, they were getting one. Illinois, I think, was actually favored. But uh, I'm happy for Iowa. Nice win for them. Uh, they're going to get blown up by Michigan. Fran McCaffrey part on the right. They don't play any defense. So nice win. Smell you later. You'll be out to Michigan next round. 
the whole reason, or not the whole reason, but one of the reasons they have this tournament in uh, Madison Square Garden is Rutgers, and Rutgers won their opening game against Minnesota. Um, do, they, do you think they got a chance against Indiana or no? Absolutely, because now we're not playing in Indiana. Now we're playing in Madison Square Garden. Indiana's not used to that. Rutgers is going to bring a lot of people up there. Absolutely, Rutgers can move on, and then they'll get destroyed by Purdue. But that's fine. But, you know, absolutely, Rutgers. I think they're very live in that game. Yep. Wow. Okay. That, that's kind of exciting. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think Robert Johnson is that much better than everybody else. I think Corey Sanders is, is you know, okay. Johnson's pretty solid, does a nice job for them. But I, I don't think they even go with the best player on the floor routine with them. I, I think it's a pretty close game, and I think Peichel's a good coach. Uh, I agree. I think that's a, a great coaching matchup uh, between Miller and Peichel. I'm totally, I'm totally down with that. Uh, how about Wisconsin and Maryland? Do you think Wisconsin continues their good play as of late, or do you feel like Maryland's going to put it together and maybe get a win here in the tournament? Wisconsin's been hot lately. I'll take the hot team. Doesn't matter because both teams are going to get destroyed uh, against Michigan State. So, but I'll take I'll take Wisconsin. Yeah, totally with you. So you, you like uh, Michigan moving on uh, against Iowa, correct? That's correct. Yeah. All right, and then how about Northwestern and Penn State? Which way are you leaning? No, <sighs> I mean Northwestern hasn't played well the whole year. Yeah. Penn State at least had flashes. I know it was no Vince Edwards, but they were right in that game in, Penn, in Purdue. Give me Penn. It's a coin flip. I'll take Penn State. I'm with you on that. I, I'll take. Uh, I think better guards on the floor, better uh, longer guards, quicker guards. Uh, I'll go Penn State as well. Um, so, do you think Mich- uh, between Michigan State and Wisconsin, do you think they're going to revisit like the little rock fight that they had, or do you think Michigan State kind of rolls with it? No, Michigan State rules. Okay, and then how about if we have Michigan and Nebraska? Interesting. No, no, I think Michigan. Michigan has the experience, and the coaching matters. Now you know my bias. I have many. Right. One of them is great coaches. Beeline is a phenomenal coach. He's one of the best coaches out there. Remember, he got the Trey Burke team all the way to the finals. They came back against Kansas. I think Michigan rolls here. It's not my Michigan bias. If Michigan was stacked up against some other teams, it's fine. Nebraska is not flying up from Nebraska. Madison Square Garden, which will be a loaded Michigan area because they would have won the game before totally. and beat yeah. Michigan. Absolutely not. Great, great point. I bet there's going to be a lot of blue and maize there. I, I'm totally with you on that. Uh, how about uh, Penn State going to fill up uh, Madison Square Garden? And Do they have a chance against Ohio State? They'll fill it up, but Ohio State's going to win. Remember, Ohio State played there earlier this year, didn't they? Who'd they play there? Uh, they play uh, Minnesota? They, they, yeah, Ohio State's... Right. They, yeah, they had that like test-out game, right? Yeah, they had. They I forget who what no, no. that was, it's but they- Minnesota and they blew Minnesota's doors off. Yeah, they blew their doors off. So I, Ohio State has played there before. That was a huge win for them. Yeah, sixty-seven forty-nine back on January twentieth. Ohio State's going to roll. If that happens, man, I think we're guaranteed to have a great Final Four of of the Big Ten. Are you kidding right. me? It's going to be massive. Like, what else do you yeah. want if you're a basketball fan? Like, you're getting two huge quality games way early in the process. Yeah. That's yeah. unbelievably exciting. So then yep. if you have Michigan State playing Michigan in in yep. the top bracket, what, what do you got going on there? Do you think Michigan rolls or do you think Michigan State is going to uh, out-athlete them? No, I think Michigan State is going to out-athlete them. I don't like this matchup for Michigan at all. I, I think that Michigan State will have – that will be the third game in three nights. So they'll play Thursday against Iowa right. tomorrow. They'll play Nebraska on Friday. Then they're going to come back on Saturday at 2 p.m., yeah. by the way. 2 p.m. and play? I don't think so. Uh, no listen, chance. if that's the matchup at 2 p.m., I'm definitely watching that game. And 100%. Then, and then, uh, I mean, what else do you want? Ohio State, Purdue. What is going to happen in this matchup? Does Purdue continue their great play? Do the Buckeyes continue to find some trouble here? 
What's going to happen in the lower bracket of the Big Ten? I love Purdue. They have payback to give to Ohio State. Ohio State stole that game at home. They had it dominated. I know Kata Bates, Diab, Cam Williams back. I understand that. Love Purdue. I think Ohio State has outkicked its coverage the whole season. I think Painter's fine in this game. Carson Edwards is dunking on people. Haas doesn't get in foul trouble. Love Purdue. I think Purdue is a shoo-in. The most guaranteed thing to me looking at this bracket is Purdue making the finals. I'm kind of with you. Because I think once in five games, Michigan beats Michigan State. Sure. But I don't think I don't think Ohio State's beaten Purdue. And I go, how is that possible? They beat him in Purdue, Mike? How is that possible? Because I've watched basketball. That's why it's possible, guys. And they're not losing to, to twice to Ohio State. No chance. And especially on a neutral court. Uh, bingo, bingo, and bingo. You know what's going to be interesting? I want to see what fan bases get to Madison Square Garden for this. I want yeah. I want to see if the Big Ten can fill up you know, the world's most famous arena and, and represent their conference. Uh, you know, you got no Penn State and Rutgers will because they're, you know, due to the locality. But I also think that uh, I'm just intrigued to see which, which you know, which fan bases fill up and, and are going to get there for their teams. Yep. Uh, you want to do a, cu- a couple quickies for Thursday? Yeah, hit away. All yep. right. So one mid-major special here is Western Kentucky, 22-7, and 14 and 2 in conference heads to one of our favorites, number 24, Middle Tennessee, who's 23 and 5, 15 and 1 in conference. I want to know what the defining factor of the showdown is going to be. I think the pace of play is going to be huge here. If it's a slower game, I think that favors Middle. I think if the game gets up into the 80s, that favors Western Kentucky. The Justin Johnson and the King matchup is one of the highest level matchups that you're going to see all evening in college basketball hoops. Totally looking forward to that. Uh, Tevion Hollingsworth, he's kind of like one of the uh, one of the, the the tells here. Does he have a big game on the road for the Hilltoppers, or is he ordinary? The Blue Raiders win at home if he's ordinary. Uh, if he has a big game, then I think uh, uh, then I think the Hilltoppers are going to take it, and the Blue Raiders. Uh, do they, they, they're going to need another player. They need you, somebody to back up their stud. And one more thing. What's up with Tyreek Dixon? Is he going to be healthy enough to play in this game? He was out last game against UAB. Mike, who do you like here? This is first versus second in the conference. One of our, but, one, one of our favorite teams, Middle Tennessee. What's going to happen in this game? I think Middle Tennessee State's putting the hammer down. I think they've been dominating here. They've won 10 in a row. Let, uh, one, Western Kentucky lost on the road to UTEP. Middle Tennessee won at Western Kentucky. I think Dixon's back. They're blowing teams out. They're they're taking care of business. They play UAB. It's supposed to be a close game. Kermit Davis has two or three possessions, and they destroy them. I like Middle Tennessee State by at least ten points. Wow. Okay. That that's a good point. That's I can't. Yeah. That that was excellent recalling that part of the conversation. All right. How about we go out west? Weaver State, nineteen and nine, twelve and four, tied for second. Heads to Montana, twenty-one and seven, fourteen and two, first place. They do have a share of the regular season title in place, but they need this win to win it outright. Uh, I think the the X factor here is Bricot Chapman for Weber State, the Utah transfer. If he plays well on the road, Weber State has a shot at the up, uh, at the uh, upset. Um, Ahmad Rory, the Oregon transfer for Montana, has been a rock for the Grizz. He's so steady. The one thing to keep an eye on for him is his turnover number. If that turnover number gets too high, like four or five turnovers. That's how this Montana team might be uh, you know, set for a loss. Michael O'Gwin is another Grizz guard. Keep an eye on He went for 39 against Portland State earlier this year, and he plays well at home. He's had multiple 20-point games. And I wonder 
who in the world is going to get the defensive assignment against Weber State's uh, Jarek Harding? He's averaging over 21 points a game. And listen to these shooting numbers for this guy. 43% from the field. I'm sorry, 53% from the field, 43% from three, and 90% from the line. Talk about a tough guard. Mike, you got a feel on Montana, a Weber State, uh, for outright win in the conference? Yeah, I think Montana rolls here also. Weber, Weber State lost back-to-back home games to Eastern Washington and to Idaho. I don't know why they go on the road and beat Montana when Montana has been rolling at home and beating teams and beating them handily. So I like Montana at home here. It's late in the year, and I think it's it's winning time, and Montana's going to go after the, the conference title. I, it's hard for me to see Weber State losing two in a row at home and then going on the road to win at Montana. Don't buy that. I totally, I totally agree with you. I think Montana smells that outright regular season title, and I think they want to go get it at home. That'd be cool for them to celebrate on their home floor uh how about we go a little bigger conference uh stanford goes to number 19 arizona this game was close round one does the location and the reporting static mar this matchup for you mike where do you feel like this game is going to go do you think stanford's uh ripe to go in and get an upset or is arizona kind of uses as a fortifying factor and and try to get things right and and play with the urgency that they did against oregon maybe with a different result Nah, I just don't think Stanford's good enough to go in Arizona and win, whether they're coached by Lorenzo Romo or not. I, I heard that there's a meeting tomorrow in Arizona with the administration to right. pretty much, I think, fire Sean Miller or come out with some sort of buyout or whatever it is. But I don't think Stanford's good enough to go in Arizona and win. I don't. And Aiden seems to play well, whether he's in the this, in this spotlight or not. So they're going to be home. They're going to want to win the conference in the Pac-12, get some positive stuff going. I think Arizona wins here pretty easily. Um, any Okay, so last one on Thursday. UVA have any trouble heading to Louisville? Any shot of a hang-up here for for UVA? Zero. I I, total, no. I totally agree. <laughs> no chance. Okay. No chance. Fair enough. Paget Paget going to dial something up here against Tony Bennett? Really? Paget, who's coaching for the first time ever, is going to dial something up. Dang Adele's got one foot out the door. Okay. Quentin Snyder is not going to go off against a good defensive team. How are they going to score? I think their best offensive weapon, honestly, is Inez Mahmoud. It, it might be. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I just don't, yeah, I'm with you. I don't see it. Uh, so, listeners, that, that, that's the rundown for you. Thank you so much for giving us part of your week. Uh, you like what you're listening to, please give us a follow on Twitter, at SDS Podcast, Efficiency of Keystrokes, of course. Uh, you want to hit up the, the show via email, which we've had a number of people do this past week, which has been really cool interacting with you guys. Please do so, Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, keep it pretty simple. We love uh, getting back to you guys. Thank you for the people that have shared some information out. Mike, we got invited to a listener's tournament. Uh, bracket tournament. Do you think we should enter? Uh, I absolutely think we should enter 100%. <laughs> I mean, no, that, no doubt about that, it. That's the great thing about this podcast. That's a definite podcast moment. The fact that a listener is inviting us into uh, into their own personal like neighborhood uh, bracket challenge. So a shout out to Phil. Thank you for the invite. Totally awesome. Uh, please give Mike a follow. At Randall Rant. He is a both entertaining and insightful. Uh, and if you like... Uh, if if you like what you're listening to, please don't be afraid to hit up uh, Apple Podcasts and give us a nice review on there. Uh, anybody that gives us a nice review will give you a shout out on the uh, podcast. Uh, we've had a couple of those. And you know what else, Mike? You know what I noticed? And we'll gladly acknowledge us here. We got a low rated uh, star rating on our Apple podcast. So we just want to say thank you for being critical as well. We want to celebrate. No, I, I, don't, I don't want to thank anybody. I don't want to thank somebody. Give us a, a zero once. I'm going to thank them. I'm not thanking for anything. What are you talking about? Oh, no. I'm not thanking. You know what? Be, you know, guys, be critical. You don't like this podcast. That's fine. Folks, bring it because we're bringing it hard for you. You don't like it. Great. Go somewhere else. Don't give us a one-star rating. What's that about? Um, Negative karma. 
you that that's totally negative karma. That's negative karma on their end. Uh, and then also, last thing, if you um, are looking for some screen the screener stuff in print, please hit up Mike's site, randallrant.com. You can jump into the short corner, see where his mind is at. You heard what he's got his, uh, his mind wrapped around, uh, defensive efficiency and maybe early exits. Uh, so you want to pay attention to that trend and take a look at that at the short corner. Mike, anything else for the listeners out there? No, I'm ready to go, man. Best time of year, March 1st tomorrow. Let's roll. Happy March, everybody. We're getting so close to the time that we want. Salancha, gratulatia, arigato. Cheers. I'm addicted to the appetite.